This is Nerd Podcast Radio, brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash nerdpodcastradio. We use the support of our patrons to bring you the best show we can. We also reward our patrons with bonus audio each week. If you would like to contact us, the best way to do that is our Nerd Podcast Radio Facebook page, where we share nerdy stuff and talk to our listeners. You can also reach us at brian.nerdpodcastradio at gmail.com, mike.nerdpodcastradio at gmail.com, erica.nerdpodcastradio at, you guessed it, gmail.com. It's not at, you guessed it, it's Erica. Radio at gmail.com and anthony it's a joke anthony doesn't have an email address you can also reach us on twitter at super vegan brian at nerdcaster mike at cursey smurf erica and of course at nerdcast radio thanks for listening everyone enjoy the show welcome to Welcome to Nerd Podcast Radio, your nerd home away from home. Hey, everyone, welcome to Nerd Podcast Radio. I'm your host, Special Mikey, and along with me is Super Vegan Brian. Hello, nurse. And back with us once again is our guest, Mike Myler. Hello, nurse. Ah, that made me so happy. Oh, man, that was, that, that was great. I, I was thinking um, Mike Widget Myler. Or just Widget would be a good nickname. I think, isn't Widget, no, that, her name was Gadget. Never mind. Yeah. I was thinking of the Rescue Rangers. Oh, I liked her. Uh, I, I like Gadget. All right, we we're, all we're had changing. a crush on Gadget, man. Like, I mean, oh, yeah. On. We're changing the topic of today's episode to Rescue Rangers, because I could talk about that for a day. Oh, my God. I you loved guys. that show. <laughs> Do you remember the game for the Nintendo? Because I remember it being super fucking hard, and then I bought it for a friend, explaining it was super hard, and sat down to show him it was super hard, and then like beat it without losing a single fucking life, and we just kind of <laughs> looked at each other like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck happened between being 11 and now? I played the fuck out of that game, <laughs> and I played the fuck out of DuckTales, because that was the best Nintendo game saved for Castlevania. Ah, oh, DuckTales is dope. Uh, I'll tell you, DuckTales Remastered, uh, does not quite quite do it for me, which was a huge disappointment. I don't think I actually ever got to play the DuckTales game. You should. It's, it's fucking really good. You get to bounce on the cane, and it's great. And it's, oh, I, the I, levels, I, I, there's, there's so many levels, and there's so much depth to it. It's such a great game. Music I, is I've, so I've seen good. it played. I've seen it played. I just never had a chance to play it. And then the, but the reason why it was put on my radar is because I watched uh, Scrooge McDuck against uh, Shovel Knight. And they showed scenes from the first game. And it looked fun. So I looked up a lot of Let's Plays that people actually have done for it. And it looks like a lot of fun. I just, it is. I've that bouncing mechanic is, is dope. It's we'll have to set you up with an emulator so you can play it. Yeah, I, I want to try this. This sounds really good. Like you were saying, the Rescue Rangers game. I played that one. That one was fun. And I, to be, I, I played it when I was like 12. And it to me, it was super freaking hard. So I think it's all has to do with muscle coordination. I guess, like I, because I, I, I remember, like when I was a kid, like that was that was just like impossible. And yeah, it was such a shock to just like breeze through it so quick. I was like, what the fuck, the hell happened? And it doesn't happen with like Mega Man. When I go back to play Mega Man, I get my ass kicked. So I don't know what's going on. Oh yeah, I get my ass handed to me. I, I think I went and pl- oh, a friend of mine had an emulator for Super Nintendo on his computer. He let me play Mega Man X, which is my favorite Mega Man of all time. Oh heresy! Oh no, that's mine. I love it. That, that's my favorite one. I love it so much. I got the shit kicked out of me. <laughs> Mega Man is designed to be specifically hard. It's such a fun game, though. We're not talking about Nintendo today. We're actually going to be talking about cryptozoology, that wondrous thing uh, talks that is field of study that people have created for things that may or may not exist. Some of these things on the on the cryptids list, if they actually exist. I don't think I want to live on this planet anymore. But yes, today we're talking about cryptozoology, whether they be invented through pop culture and and mass hysteria of social media, or if they or if rumors of them existing have been around since, let's say, cave drawings. We're gonna talk. We're gonna try and get to all, to most of them. There's no way we're getting to all of them. I, we have a list that is insane. Yeah, <laughs> but first, if you're if you're trying to justify a creature from folklore living in the real world you're talking about cryptozoology mike you mike mike you have been here so many times you know what but first means (laughs) 
I do. I do. Uh, <laughs> first, there is the nerdiest thing of the week. Uh, when we, we do this, since I posited the idea in your heads, it's become a voting system. Uh, we have three people here, which means that everybody's going to get four widgets to vote on their favorite nerdiest thing of the week. And then uh, whoever whoever wins is uh, declared winner of the universe for a couple minutes. And we and get all get, the widgets. You get all the widgets. You, oh, you actually, course. the widgets get sent to you. I hadn't thought about that. Yes, the widgets. They, the, right. You will receive the widgets in a hermetically sealed pack. Each widget is personally boutique wrapped in radiation-proof wrapping paper. Because the widgets has lead dust. Okay, it has lead dust on it. Yes, yes. Wash your hands. Yes, the half-life on widgets is terrible. Do not consume the widgets, cuddle with the widgets, or um, sleep with the widgets. The or widgets with them from any kind of packaging. Do not make eye contact with the widgets. Uh, the widgets do come with a few iodine pills, and it is recommended that while you are in proximity of the widgets that you enjoy the iodine pills. And before we get any listener questions, yes, they were mine from Pripyat. took me a while to get that (laughs) Uh, Mike since you're our guest you get to go first this morning what was nerdy with you this week I am a fallout junkie and I have bought fallout new vegas for the xbox 360 and then I gave up on my xbox 360s because my third one broke so then I bought fallout new vegas for the playstation 3 so I could go still play it and then it was on sale with all the dlc for computer and uh, I recently upgraded my computer so I could, you know, do work and, and you know, export books and stuff. So I was like, oh, okay, well, 10 bucks for that and all the DLC. And I, like, briefly checked to see how the modding community was. Oh, my fucking God. So that's what I've been doing. Uh, I have not. I played uh, maybe 30 minutes into the main quest and hours and hours and hours that are that are nothing to do with the main quest. It's all just stuff that, like, made that people made uh, highlights. I ride around on a motorcycle. Like, I, I barely ever run anymore. I do plenty of fast, fast traveling, but if I have to do, like, overland travel, I just summon my fucking motorcycle and ride it around. Uh, in, in, again, this is in Fallout New Vegas. I have a Deathclaw, buddy. So, like, you get this mod, and you have to go into the quarry, and for anyone who's played Fallout New Vegas, you know what I'm talking about, and steal this egg, carry it around, and then it hatches, and you get this, like, baby Deathclaw who thinks that you're its daddy. And then after you, like, you feed it meat... Over over you know a uh, period of time you can you can like do the weight thing and be cheap about it which is what I did and then uh, after you feed it I think fifty pieces or something it becomes an adult sized death claw so my companion is a death claw named Santa Claus uh, what else is going on I've joined the Enclave and we're taking back the wasteland for them that's the the current main quest that I'm really into and uh, like yeah I don't know I, I'm really impressed with a lot of it some of it. Some of the voice acting is a little flat, but for the most part, it's better than expected. And yeah, if, if you have not bought Fallout New Vegas for the, the computer, if it's still on sale on Steam, grab it. If not, add to your wish list because it'll go on sale again. And uh, check out the mods because the modding community for it is insane. They're still releasing mods for it, by the way. One comes out, uh, I think, later this month. That's like a whole, it's like, it's like fucking California, basically. What's gameplay like with the Deathclaw? He was a little bit of a problem because people would see him and and ag occasionally. Sometime yesterday while we were walking around in a dungeon or a vault, he, he like stopped me and was like, hey, check it out. And he's got like a pip or a, a, a what is stealth boy in his hands. And then uh, you have a like brief conversation. And you're like, man, I wish you were smart enough to use that. And then he like activates it. So now he's stealth almost all the time until combat starts or if we're in like a no no attack area. That sounds like a great mod. Dude, I am blown away by how good the mods are. I'm, I'm even tempted to say that I'm enjoying the game. I'm not enjoying it more than I did when I first played it, but I am definitely enjoying it at least as much. Now, listeners, if you think that Mike's mod talks are a little out of date, it's because his computer was dead for a really long time, and now he's reliving the classics. It's true. I mean, There's like, you, wrong with that. What game are you playing before we started the podcast this morning? Oh, 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 I was playing Tribes 2. Uh, Tribes yeah. is a first-person shooter where you have a uh, a feature that lets you remove friction, so you slide around a lot, and then they give you a jetpack uh, with limited use, so like you have to like bob and and soar through the sky while you're playing Capture the Flag. It's, it's pretty excellent and totally free. So Back in the day, we used to call it the rollerblading first-person shooter. That is a <laughs> fair way to put it, yeah, yeah. 
So it's on to me. So I was at work listening to This American Life on Stitcher. And uh-huh. because I, I, I burned through all my podcasts for the week. It was Friday. And I got through my Cracked and through my CinemaSins and through my um, Squanch on um, What Culture and uh, my Hello from the Magic Tavern. And I dug around and I was like, I like This American Life. Let's listen to a few of these episodes. And I listened to an episode called So a Monkey and a Horse Walk into a Bar. Uh, And it's a two-act episode. And the first part is about a photographer who rigged uh, tripods so monkeys would be interested in it. One of the monkeys took a selfie of himself. And (laughs) he ended up running into some strange legal situations where, first off, Wikipedia just stole the photo and put it up and said that it's public domain. You didn't take the photo. Yeah, it was an ownership battle to see if the the primate actually owned the photo or not. But that's he, not. Yeah, go ahead, Mike. Well, yeah, that's that's what I remember hearing about it. It was uh, it was the argument was whether or not the photograph belonged to the dude or belonged to the monkey, and then whether or not the monkey was able to have ownership of anything. Well, and it yeah. got weird after the whole Wikipedia thing, because then after that, PETA got involved and decided to sue on behalf of the monkey (laughs) so the monkey sued him for rights to the photo let's Um, get real let's get real PETA sued him for rights to the photo because they're like we could get the photo we can make money that's an awesome selfie of that monkey no they they used a legal precedent to um they used a legal precedent where someone can sue on behalf of someone else and they weren't trying to get the money for themselves they were trying to get the money for preservation of the monkeys but it ended up getting thrown out of court with a settlement involved where he agreed to give up a certain percentage of his profits from the photo to protect the monkeys and everyone agreed that an animal can't hold copyright um and now he's still involved with legal battles with wikipedia but that's not the part that really made this interesting to me act two of the podcast was a story called if wishes were horses and it was a read aloud short story about a woman who decides she wants to turn into a horse. Okay. And it, it takes itself very seriously. Um, and it parallels itself with the story of her roommate who's trying to get pregnant. <laughs> and huh. it's a really freaking weird story where it talks about her transformation. And it talks about her trend, um, first getting hooves and then getting the attitude of a horse and then eventually finishing her transformation, going to the ranch where she gets to live as a horse for the rest of her life. There's a artist guy who does this shit. He did it with goats most recently, but he dressed up like a goat and he got himself like these little hand stilt things. And then he like lived with goats for, I think a week or two. Oh, that's neat. Jesus. The the part that got me kind of nerded out on is during the podcast, they they interview the person who is in charge of the project where they let women turn into horses. They talk about the people that the process fails on and they become centaur-like. And it made me think that this is a world where there's women. By the way, the, the process only works on women. Oh, okay. Um, this is a world where there's women that have horse parts and part horsey attitudes and live in this world where they can't turn back. And it made me think of like, what would that world be like where there's like centaurs that just happen to be in the world with you? And it's like you're walking down the street and then you see someone walking around on hooves or someone who's cantering. Have you seen Bojack Horseman yet? Yes. <laughs> It'd be like that, but like a little bit more bizarre, I would argue. And a little more Dr. Moreau sort of feel, you know? It had a real Dr. Moreau feel. There was a part where she, after she first gets the hooves, she hooks up with a guy and they're getting ready to go to bed together. And, um, you kept your hands in your pocket a lot. What's going on? Her horse attitude takes over and she kicks him in the face. (laughs) Um, it's, it's such a weird story. I mean, from a, from a symbolic perspective, the whole point of her turning into a horse is she was restless with life and she wanted to check out from life. She she was she she claimed that her reason for being for wanting to turn into a horse was boredom. And then when she eventually started turning into a horse, she started feeling all this anger 
And she started to think that her boredom wasn't boredom. It was just anger with the state of the world. So it had a lot of deep ideas. It was just freaking weird to listen to this woman who it was hard to real. It was hard to keep on remembering that I was listening to a story and not something that really happened because it was national public radio. So you never know if it's a short story or if it's an actual thing. And I was like, this is so freaking weird. It's just so freaking weird. It took itself so seriously that it it kept on breaking my brain and making me think it was real. Oh, damn. Have you ever heard the like really late night? Uh, it's like three in the morning on the radio. What do they call themselves? It's like West Coast something or another. And it's like the craziest, craziest people I've ever heard in my life. It's on FM. Coast to Coast. It's a show called Coast to Coast. Coast to our- Coast. Yeah, that's the one. Coast to Coast. Have you ever listened to Coast to Coast? Yeah, that's um, that's Art Bell, isn't it? Uh, I, I don't know. I've only ever caught snippets. My buddy Benji was way more into it than I ever. He's kind of a mean person. Like, he's yeah. kind of a mean person. Yeah, you know, I used to go for runs early in the morning and I would listen to that. And it gets really weird. And you get people who call in and they're talking about um, they're talking about Planet X and their abduction stories and stuff and people are talking about there there was one guy who called in all the time and talked about how planet x was going to coincide with our orbit and destroy everything and we needed to be prepared for the invasion yeah 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 it's that that, that that's, it made me think of that immediately as you were like you're not sure whether it's you know that or that because like that I'm, I'm normally pretty good about recognizing when they're doing like a fictional retelling or something but then coast to coast happens and it's like First of all, what are you doing in the car at three in the morning or four in the morning, right? You're probably not thinking very well. So you just flick that on. And normally I associate NPR as like the news station. And <laughs> if you just cut in with no context, it's like, and then the abduction happened. And yeah, I don't know. I remember one time I was driving, I got caught in and dragged for like 10 minutes before I was like, oh, oh, this is a crazy person. Okay. All right. Oh, you're just insane. That's okay. If if you really liked Coast to Coast, you would have liked Dreamland, too. That was the three-hour-long Sunday version of the show. Oh, Jesus. Someday. <laughs> Someday. Someday. Um, Michael, what was nerdy with you this week? What was nerdy with me this week? Well, this week, uh, I, was ta- I was actually talking with um, my good friend, Dwayne, about uh, PC gaming he and everything and we had be we've recently decided we really like the we really like the uh the vive vr system we like that you're actually the the amount of movement you like you have for it and everything and so we i was talking to him and we came up with the idea of if maybe if we helped him get a couple of the the parts and maybe help get a a moderate cpu and, and like a new cooling system for it and and uh, see if we still have a spare case that he would buy us a or he would build us a, a gaming computer for the living room to hook up to our smart TV and eventually run VR and stuff through it as we upgrade it. And so my nerdy thing is that I spent the majority of the night after I got off work one night sitting with him going through parts list and checking part specs for what we want to do with this uh, computer. That's and awesome. Like we we started at like eleven thirty and we got I think I went to bed at like two thirty with like a notepad full. So I I that's what I did when I did the upgrade because like I talked with my wife and I got her to agree she's gonna buy the Oculus Rift because uh, like I would buy a video card basically that was good enough to run it and then I just called over my uh, head of Minion Sciences who is computer savvy and it took him like I don't know twenty minutes. He was like, yeah, you got to get a better video card. We'll get you another fan and then some more RAM sticks and your motherboard should hold up. And yeah, I don't know. It cost me. Uh, it didn't cost me this much, but you could do it for like seven. How much did you come up with? Like 700 bucks or so? Our initial run through because I was looking at um, a 600 gig uh, yeah, hard drive and everything. So our original number came out to 820 and then we we minimized down to a 500 about uh, to about 500. That's nice. Yeah, well, we we were looking at it, and then uh, the original hard drive we were looking at was a ten thousand RPM, six hundred gig, and I was just like, I don't know if I. I we we're thinking about it, and I was like, ah, oh, we could take it back. And so I've, the one uh, we actually found a good deal on one that's a regular carry through Newegg for seventy two hundred RPM with um, what was it five hundred. That's that's tiny. You want to hear what I got? Yes, Mister IT guy. <laughs> two terabyte 7200 rpm 
Jesus. And and that's and the operating's installed the operating system's installed on a 256 gig solid state drive. Nice. I actually decided I wanted to stay away from solid state because of the rewritability. They are rewritable. Well, no, like the the wear down and uh, depending on how you have them set. If you'd have if you run it in tandem with with a hard drive, they're actually pretty good because then your operations are set off to the are set off. But if you run it run your operating through the solid state, it kills it quicker. And I've just decided, and I was deciding I don't want to go through that again. I would redo your research because I don't know how true that is about modern solid states. The the research I did, it, it's saying that even with the modern ones, they running your operating system through your solid state can cause wear down quicker. Probably not as fast as what the original solid states were, but I will. Uh, but I will double check all my research for sure. But I, I just decided I wanted to stay away from solid state. Now there was there was one that I saw that. Uh, was a 7200 with one terabyte, but it was like $300. If you saw how fast my computer started and how much, how fast the programs installed on the solid state start, you might change your mind. It's ridiculous. Oh, I've heard, I've heard, I've heard the, the start rates and everything. So it is very, it is very tempting, but I was just, I don't know if I'm going to, uh, make the jump. All right. Well, yeah. here, I want to know why you're deciding to go with Vive over the Oculus Rift. Cause I've experienced both and, and, I'm I'm definitely in the OR crowd. So what's what's your the Vive? It I enjoyed its gridding. Its gridding system seemed more reactive with me uh, to the, over the Oculus. Plus the uh, the headgear setup didn't hurt my head. The the Oculus setup uh, gave me a headache. Oh, that sucks. I I have I how much time have I spent with an Oculus? I spent plus like two Oculus, hours. One. Yeah, plus the Oculus ones. Um, I. I don't know what it is, but every time I use those, I end up smacking stuff. But whenever I use the Vive's wand system, I don't hit anything. I think it's what just if, like, like a, it's that's a really weird one. I know, but it, it, every time I've put on an Oculus, I've smacked, I, I punched something in the face with an Oculus wand once. You know that there's a wider game selection for the Oculus Rifts now, right? Yeah, I I know. <laughs> All right, I'm like, and I'm I like I want Fallout Four, obviously. But like I'm not gonna just vibe for it because I feel like like they're not gonna. I I would I I find it difficult to believe that Bethesda will not eventually also release that for the Oculus Rift. But I, I think it's coming. I they I think they will. It's just gonna take a little extra time. Honestly though, the there's also a game that's. I don't know. I actually don't know if it's on the Oculus system as well, but I know it's on the Vive. It's the uh, it's the game uh, Space Pirates. It's just basically a level shooter that you go through and i it, it's my favorite game of all time on the on the vr systems what oh, um wordly what processor are you looking at oh what was the processor i don't remember now <laughs> i don't remember the processor we were looking at for the cost you were talking oh, about i, I think you were game. talking about ryzen 7 and it was uh damn it i'll have to i'll have to go find my notes later and and uh mess send it to you what were, I you, have, what, what were you talking about mike i've uh i've played space pirate it's pretty good uh, yeah, I, I'd love that one. I, I don't know. I'm I'm more excited about the Google Tilt Brush. Did you get to play with that at all? I didn't play with that one. No, uh, oh. I did. I, I did get to play Cat Sorter. I did not play Cat Sorter. Did you play Accounting 101? Yeah, that one was weird. Oh, that was so fucking good. That really I liked explains I liked what it. you can do with VR that you can't do with like a regular controller. You know? Yeah, I agree. Uh, oh, but Cat Sorter is a lot of fun. You literally work in this this factory and you you pick up a cat. And you look at it, and if it has a wrong part, you take the part off, buttholes included, and you go over to your little thing, and you put the right parts on it, and then you have the choice of putting it back in the conveyor belt, and it gets sucked up through a tube, or you have the other option of chucking it across the room into a hoop. Oh, that's terrible. It's the funniest thing in the world. And if you drop a cat, or if a cat gets through with bad parts, you you get dinged. And then they have an area off to the right where you can put like your favorite cats on a shelf, and they don't go away between games. So I always picked up a uh, a brown cat and a black cat, and I named them Gregory and Lucius. Did you uh did you get to play Quiver yet? No, he hasn't. He hasn't got it for his system yet, but he's he has played it, and he told me I would like it. Oh, it's you will. It is really good. And it's a good multiplayer game too. That's like that's when you're archers and you're like defending the castle walls and you can like teleport around to different places by shooting them. But the way you shoot, you have to pull the arrow out of your quiver and then draw it back like you're using a bow. It yeah. There's a there's a game it's it's like the lab something, I can't remember what it's called, but it, it's done by the guys who did Portal. And there's a when you're in the main lobby area, there you can pick up a bow and arrow and shoot at 
the little guys who work in the factory just past your area. <laughs> and it, it's funny. And you hear people like, what are you doing? As you shoot these people, it's hilarious. And you, 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 you knock the bow like you, like you actually would. You knock the arrow into the bow like you actually would using both hands. And it's, that was fun. It does definitely make it more fun. I think you it's time to vote everybody. Do a VR episode later. Yeah. I, I've noticed we have talked more about video game, video games and computers than we have anything cryptid in this episode. Well, it's been coming. Video games has been coming up a lot lately because everybody's like looking in to get new machines right now because of the holidays. This is true. Plus, with the VR systems and everything and me wanting to get into a little bit more PC gaming and everything, it kind of put me and my wife in the sense of, well, we know several people in I uh, that have IT experience and have built their own computers. Maybe we should at least try and, you know, get a system that we can later on upgrade and work through. So and that would be enjoyable because my my wife is in love with the VR system now. Which is funny considering uh, a lot of motion games make her sick. Yeah, Stephanie was supposed to get a laptop last year from her parents and didn't. And so then it was going to be a VR laptop. And so I gave them their options. And now she's getting a, a full-on desktop. And her dad is like uh, ridiculous. So I'm sure it will be some like, in, like okay, so to give an example. When she graduated college, uh, he bought her this, uh, it doesn't work right now, but it's like a 35-inch TV. And this was like, 10 years ago almost so like a 35 inch HDTV so what something like a thousand and then like a PS3 when it was still new with like a bunch of shit she didn't play video games or anything so like I have no idea what's about to come to my house but I'm pretty positive I will be playing VR on it and not this computer so you know what on that topic Mike who do you vote for and why <laughs> how many widgets are you giving to oh, I don't know I'm not gonna vote for myself so I'll give uh, each of you two widgets oh thank you now, um, Baby Death Claw was awesome, so I'm going to give um, three to Mike. I just think, and I love the fact that you're reliving all these old mods. Or oh, they're you're so living, good. You're living them for the first time. They're so good. I'm going to give one to Michael because I know what it's like to look into researching a new computer because I just did that. Michael, who do you vote for? Uh, I'm going to give... Mike three mainly because he said his death claw is named Santa. I just had this image of him walking with the death claw behind him, and then him just going uh, Santa Claus. And I just have this image of him with the death claw walking next to him, and then he sees like marauders, and he goes Santa. They've been naughty, and then like the death claw just runs off and murders them. And like uh, that was an image I had in my head. And then one to Brian. It's really fun to like get into an area, and then there's like a death claw there. You're like, oh god. They're like, oh wait, it's Santa. We're good. Mike Myler, the master of widgets, has um, managed to win without voting for himself at all. We're actually going to get to talk about cryptozoology and all the creatures that live within that, supposedly. So, Mike, what is cryptozoology? Uh, It is a pseudoscience that is about proving the existence of creatures that have gone extinct or perhaps never existed in outside of folklore and myth. Urban legends often end up becoming uh, falling falling into this category, as well as uh, stuff like uh, great examples are the abominable snowman, Bigfoot, uh, Nessie, the Loch Ness monster. My favorite recent one is the Chicago Batman, which is what reminded me to message you about this episode, because they're they think there are two serial killers running around in Chicago. And I just thought, like, man, how cool would it be if the Batman got those serial killers? (laughs) Yeah. Um, And yeah, that's what cryptozoology is. Awesome. Well, um, also part of urban legend that that's technically also encrypted is uh, believed as the uh, the Mothman. I think he's in Baltimore. Oh, uh, there there's so many. Um, the, the 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 one that's really big. I believe he's in Baltimore. The Chupacabra. I would oh, argue. Chupacabra. Is, oh, Chupacabra. Chupacabra and Nessie and the Jersey Devil are probably in the top three. Or well, ten. I would like to start with the Mothman. Because yeah. the, Mo- the, Mo- the Mothman is West Virginia folklore. Thank you. Um, it was seen in um, Port Pleasant area on November 12, 1966 to December 15, 1967. And there is a statue of the Mothman in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. In the middle of this, of this town, there is a monster Mothman oh, statue. Um, they also call him the Winged Man. He was first seen by five men who were gravediggers, who they said they saw a man-like figure 
a fly from the trees right over them. And then he was seen over and over again after that. Oh, my. And he is the basis for the Richard Gere movie, The Mothman Prophecies. Which I never actually got to see. Like, I knew he was, like, the, the that's what the movie dealt with. But I never had a chance to actually watch it. And I always wanted to. You should read the book first. Yeah? Yeah. It's, it's an older book, 1975. They made a Mothman horror movie on the Sci-Fi Channel, too. This one sounds like it's 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 probably one of the cases of like an exotic animal where it shouldn't be, uh, which is pretty 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 fairly common actually. Because like when yeah. you if you see something that's definitely not native to your area, you don't know what to make of it, and you know. Oh, like seeing a vulture at night. Yeah, if or, you're living in fucking you know uh, Alaska and there's a vulture, you're who knows what you're gonna make out of that, covered in snow and, and like dark and whatever, like. And um, so, you know, we didn't introduce you at the beginning because we, you're on here so much and we forgot. So you are a game designer. Yes, I make tabletop role-playing games. And cryptozoology comes up in in tabletop role-playing games quite a bit. And in the Pathfinder game, the Mothman is actually a monster. Yeah, yeah. If you check out the list of cryptids on uh, the Wikipedia, I, I want to say, at, realistically, at least at least 10 or 15% of these are in Pathfinder B series. And then I've written whole race entries for a couple of them, like the, the Ahul bat people and, uh, the Sharoof dinosaurs. Uh, yeah. Draconic hominids. I'm sorry. Draconic hominids are what Sharoofs are. It's an excellent source for, um, myths because like, you'll also find a ton of creatures from folklore in the Pathfinder B series. They're on B series like six or seven now. So like it, it, there's more and more crypto or cryptids have been showing up in there. Uh, as a now, you've explained to us before that the reason why so many of these things show up in games and pop culture over and over again is because they're public domain. Ruth, they are indeed public domain, unless it's uh, like a proper literary story, in which case it would be fiction. So, yeah, yeah. Myths and, and all that fall into the collective creative bin of society. So I would roll the, the Mothman as my favorite. Um, my, Mike, um, what would your favorite be? I'm going to go with uh, Snallygaster, just because I, that is definitely my favorite one based on the name of the cryptid. S-N-A-L-L-Y-G-A-S-T-E-R. Snallygaster, just like it sounds. And it's a, this uh, supposed dragon-like beast that lives in Washington, D.C. and Frederick, Maryland. And at one point, Teddy Roosevelt was going to go, like, <laughs> hunt the beast he <laughs> just, just great. Anything with Teddy Roosevelt is like one of my plus. favorite U.S. presidents was gonna go hunt a cryptid. That's that's beautiful. I love it. He was insane when World War One broke out. He was like, "Give me a squad of men. I'm going over there." He's like seventy years old. This is true. Well, well, you know, his, son, things... his son was just as crazy. His son was uh, almost sixty, and he demanded to be allowed to charge Normandy Beach. And he was like, he had like a, he had like a, he had like congestive heart failure and everything. He's like, I'm gonna charge the beach. I'm gonna do this. This is my war. And they're like, dude, you're you're gonna die. I I was looking at this at at the Snallygaster, and I saw a theme that goes along with a lot of other cryptids. So first off, it's seen by people at night the first time, and then the story spreads, and other people start saying they saw it. Then there's lore that starts getting added onto the creature. Like seven pointed stars keep the Snallygaster at bay, and you can still see them painted on local barns. It's like a game of telephone, you know. Yeah, it's it's interesting, and but the lore on the Snallygaster gets cool because the Snallygaster has an enemy. Teddy Roosevelt? No, it's another cryptid called a Deweo. What? It's a mammalian biped with features similar to a wolf, but the stance and stature of a human. And the Deweo were seen in Middletown, Maryland, but sightings have reported in Wolfsville, too. So the Snallygaster created another cryptid. And the Deweo and the Snallygaster have reportedly had vicious encounters. So basically, people invented the Snallygaster, and then they started going the Godzilla route and going, the Snallygaster versus the Deweo. <laughs> who's, the, who's the good guy cryptid? <laughs> Who's the one that's like, you leave these humans alone, they're here to live. And then the Jersey Devil came down. No, um, and I'm looking guys... for a soul to steal. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen uh, Jackalopes? 
because I have actually yes. seen mounted jackalopes like in bars and stuff. Uh, yeah, those definitely are not real. They are just some like large hairs, like rabbits that dudes put uh, deer antlers on and then said were jackalopes and sold around and stuff. And it's become this an American uh, uh, pop American thing where you can get like it's, a jackalope head and jackalope, you know, postcards. It's a really cool art form called hybrid taxidermy, where they take parts from animals and make little creatures. And sometimes they put them in outfits and put them in scenes and dioramas and stuff. I, I think it's really cool. Appropriately morbid for a way to make money. And I, is this an American art? I assume that we're talking about an American art form. Um, America, um, Europe too. Europe does it too. Um, any any culture that has a lot of hunting. Now I want to look this up because I feel like that that has to have started here. Although you'd think it would go back further. I don't know. Research will occur. Well, being that we come from other places, it usually goes back someplace else. You know, like it's as American as apple pie. No, which is actually Dutch. Yes, <laughs> as American as tacos or pizza. <laughs> there you go, yeah, because we we bastardized very good, I, good things from other countries and made them into our own delicious, fattening, delicious chop suey, general sauce so chicken. <laughs> a little tangent, a little tangent. I was at work the other day talking to a coworker, and maybe you can relate to this, Mike, because you're you're on the East Coast. He was. He, I asked him what he was having for lunch, and he said he was having American tacos. And I went, "What's an American taco?" And it was a taco with just beef in it. Because oh, Mexican tacos ew. may have stranger meats in them. And I that that caught me off guard. <laughs> I don't feel bad about road tacos anymore. Yeah, they, he was from Florida. So oh, don't uh, yeah. Florida doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> Pat Oswald, if Pat Oswald has shed any light on Florida, it should make you all worry about this country. Yeah, like I my my wife is from Florida and I love her deeply, but like She's pretty much the only good thing to ever come out of Florida. We got the Mothman, the Snallygaster, and the Jackalope, which I'm glad you brought up the Jackalope because I love it. And I, I, I especially love the Jackalope because I used to watch America's Funniest People and they used to do those skit, those skits with the Jackalope. Oh, yeah. The Basilope uh, from, um, uh, uh, what's the name of the comic with Opus in it? I never remember the fucking name of the comic. Opus the Penguin? It was like a Sunday news strip. He still does it now. He just recently got back to it. In the past oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, what's the name? Was, I can't remember. Bloom County? Remember it's Bloom County, right? I think so. Yeah, Bloom County. I they have a basilope, which is like a jackalope, but it's just like a basset hound. <laughs> All right. So I just I just Googled hybrid taxidermy. Rogue taxidermy is what we, Wikipedia was, was calling yeah. it. And it gets freakier than the jackalope. It's like you could get a lot of... Um, um, guys, I'm going to have to go AFK for a second. I have to stop a dog from barking. I'll be right back. All right, well, um, you can continue to... the conversation while I go. I'll be right back. Real quick. Okay, in that case, then uh, looking through the. Yeah, you guys. I was, going over, yeah, I was going over the list, and, you know, the two that pop. I have two that popped up to me really quick. And it's one is the Jersey Devil, which is supposedly a, the 13th bastard child of a, of a witch in the Pine Barrens out in New Jersey, which. The uh, the thought, like hearing, rehearing some of the stories about the Jersey Devil, I'm like, yeah, I'll never go to New Jersey for another reason. <laughs> yes, like, what? Why would you go to New Jersey? Other than to go to Reading and to go to Red Bank and find the secret stash. I mean, that's it. Ah, uh, yeah, the secret stash. I never got to do the secret stash. I'm all. I want to go. I want to go check it out because he, he's not going to have that open forever. His friends are going to get tired of that comic shop. No lie, there is a weird smell in New Jersey, everyone. Just so it's we're clear about this, my college girlfriend lived there. I visited a lot. There is a weird smell to New Jersey. Even the rich people parts of New Jersey, there is a weird smell. Yeah, even Kevin Smith has even admitted. He's like, New Jersey smells. <laughs> we get it. There was the Jersey Devil, but the other one was also the 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 Wendigo. Or Wendigo. The Wendigo is really cool because it comes from... Uh, Native American folklore See, has yeah, to the do Native. with cannibalism. Yeah, it's that's really, that's one really thing reason. Well. Yeah, that's one reason why I really like it is because it comes from Native American folklore, and it's usually um, they believe uh, a lot of the folklore around the Wendigo because it comes up around the Great Lakes, and um, the part of the the big thing for it is a lot of tribes used to practice cannibalism, eating the spirit of your enemy and gaining their strength. Well. 
a lot of shows were getting away from it and they were stating that when you eat the and so a lot of them in their folklore started to pop up that if you eat the flesh of another man you it it creates an insatiable hunger within you and then you slowly mutate into these things and they've they've they i've I've researched them and looked at them before and then i i really get dove into it because uh, supernatural did a whole episode on them that was the that was the main uh uh monster that they fought one week and it and i dove into it a lot more and then as i realized it um the 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 bad guy from jeepers creepers was a wendigo oh that's cool i'd never thought of that before yeah he was a wendigo if you follow if you follow the the patterns or anything he he every 23 seasons he feeds and he's just like a, a modified wendigo because he takes parts for himself and makes himself whole again whereas a traditional Wendigo just eats to it eats every so so many seasons. Sometimes it says twenty three seasons. Sometimes it says fifty seasons. Uh, one bit of research says it's every two hundred seasons, but it it feeds to just feed its its own to slate its own hunger, which it it never slates. That's why it comes back every so many seasons to feed on as many people as it can get its hands on. But yeah, so the the bad guy for Jeepers Creepers basically a model, like I was saying, was a modified Wendigo because he he eats every twenty three seasons. So that leads so that has me to say this right now. Those the people in the movies are stupid. All they had to do was burn him. Yeah, when we know that from Supernatural, Supernatural yes. has prepared us for when Supernatural eventually becomes out as being real. From all that stuff we've learned from the show, exactly. Well, um, a lot of their lore is is really on, and a lot of their lore is just one hundred percent trash. I learned from I learned about the Wendigo from two different sources. The first one I heard it from was Marvel Comics. Oh, the, yeah, yeah, the Hulk villain Wendigo, and eventual sort of anti-hero Wendigo. Where the Wendigo oh, yeah. is like a protector of nature type of yeah, creature. Yeah, yeah, But the main, like, where it hit me, the whole connection to cannibalism, was the movie Ravenous. The 1999 Guy Pierce movie Ravenous. Now, if you haven't seen this movie... It sounds so familiar, but nothing's coming to mind. It's fucking bonkers. It's a great movie. After I saw it, I went, I think I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I'm it's sure about, there was good stuff in there. <laughs> it's about a um, a frontier fort and how um, different people in the fort start encountering cannibalism. And it stars Guy Pierce, Robert Carlyle, David Arquette, um, David a lot of it? other people. What was that? David Arquette's in it? David Arquette's in it, yeah. And he's amazing in it. And mm-hmm. it's a crazy movie. It's a crazy movie. It's I don't want to reveal anything because if you don't know anything about the movie other than it has to do with cannibalism, you will get blown away. Have you seen this, Mike? I have not. Oh, yeah. Ravenous. You have to see Ravenous. Um, I am not going to include that in Movies Explained Badly at the end because it is I, I don't I don't want to reveal anything other than it has to do with cannibalism. It's a good movie. I want to take this moment to uh, prop up the movie Cannibal the Musical. If you have never seen Cannibal the Musical, you should. It was made by Matt Stone and Trey Parker, the guys who did South Park, like when they were in college. And it is, I mean, like, it's it's not the best movie, but it's hilarious. The entire movie was made as a fuck you to his ex-girlfriend. Uh, I, I did not know that, but that sounds appropriate. Yeah, the um, his horse that he loses, his, his ex-horse is his ex-girlfriend. It has the same name. <laughs> that's great wait what i think i feel i feel like i missed part of that conversation um Matt Cannibal, Stone, the was mu- it trey parker's ex-girlfriend yeah. um oh yeah. what the one that the one that doesn't have hair as much hair the shorter haired one i don't i never can that's keep trey that matt stone yeah. is the trey one with parker. the fro trey yeah. parker yeah that sounds oh. like a trey parker move okay yeah that um he like also named he also named cartman's mom after her <laughs> that's why when they have episode it's Cartman's mom is a dirty slut he's making fun of his ex-girlfriend <laughs> oh I'm jealous of Trey Parker now oh my god it's the best I'm thinking about all this Cartman's mom stuff and I'm just like fuck he hates that bitch <laughs> oh my god is that a guy shitting at Cartman's mouth mom <laughs> Cartman's mom's mouth oh my god <laughs> Mom, Kitty's being a dildo. Well, I know what Kitty's sleeping with me tonight. Oh my God! Yeah, he hates her. He fucking hates that chick. 
So I want to take the opportunity to list a few cryptids that ended up being real. Yes, do so. Yeah, the devil bird or ulama is a horned bird from Sri Lankan folklore. And it ended up being identified as a new species of owl in 2001 called the spot-bellied eagle owl. 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 That's, cool. That's a weird the name. Spot, owl. The spot. Oh, hold on. I will say it correctly. The spot-bellied eagle owl. That's oh, okay. A hard one to get out. And it looks a lot say like a great horned owl. Yeah. Say it. Spot-bellied say it. eagle owl. Spot blah 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 blah. <laughs> spot blah 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 blah. Spot blah blah blah. I can't say it once for for fat. I can't say anything anymore. Um, then we have the Ziphius, which is the water owl from mythical medieval folklore. Um, was a monstrous nautical creature said to attack ships in the northern seas. It ended up being identified as Cuvier's beaked whale. Huh. Um, we have the Bundagezu, which is called Man of the Forest, which was in Western Indonesia, and and it, it looks a lot like a koala. A koala. Um, they took a picture in the 1980s and then and discovered that that was the source of the legend. One that I think will surprise everybody here is the kangaroo was a cryptid. Yeah, it was. It, uh, British explorers when they first landed on Australia, they saw these these creatures, and then when they described them, it was like, yeah, those don't exist. You're you were drunk. <laughs> then you got the platypus. I can understand people being like, yeah, fuck you. Yeah, that doesn't exist. Is, is pretty ridiculous. It's poisonous. It has it's the only egg-laying mammal. It's got a fucking duck bill. Like it's, it's, and a yeah. beaver's tail. Come on. And claws. Like And webbed fingers. Like They just got everything, really. You and know, I don't, I don't think they're, God... Yeah, they have a venom. They have, they have venomous ba- uh, spurs on their back legs. See, every time I learn something about the platypus, I'm like... No fucking way. See, I'm under the impression God does not make mistakes, but I think he was drunk that day. Like, like something happened, and he was just like, you know, just put a bill on it. And no, you know what, Sally? You don't tell me how to make animals. I make all the animals. You know, <laughs> hey, why don't we give this animal webbed fingers and also venom? Because, and you know, it can put eggs and have a duck bill, but it's not a fucking bird. So fuck but you, Sally. It's, fuck you, Sally. It's done. It's done. We're done here. They exist. Fuck off. Get I'm, Adam in here. He needs to name it. I am curious about Sally in this conversation. I don't know any Sallys, so I picked <laughs> <laughs> She was his early relationship. Um, oh, Sally's a girl. I was <laughs> thinking Sally was short for Salvador. Ah. <laughs> oh, no. my God. I wasn't that. I, was, I didn't go that far with it, no. Oh, um, the sea serpent is probably comes from oarfish, which are like long ribbon fish that can be like 17 meters long. Yeah, those things are ridiculous. Um, the Komodo dragon was originally a cryptid. Uh, Fun fact, some idiot was like, I'm going to keep Komodo dragons as pets. Guess who got eaten by Komodo dragons? (laughs) (laughs) The mountain gorilla. I can understand that one. I can. Um, the Okapi. That's what I was actually just about to say, the Okapi. And have you ever actually looked at an Okapi in, in like real life? It looks like a hybrid animal. Yeah, it, it's it has uh, its neck and head resemble that of a giraffe, and its body, specifically its hind legs, resemble that of a giraffe. And, uh, not a giraffe, a zebra. zebra. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's a giraffe. It's part giraffe, part giraffe. It's not a giraffe. Well, no, it's a, like a hybrid between a zebra and a giraffe, so it's just... And uh, it was... Uh, considered a cryptid up until like i think it was like the turn of the 20th century and it was because you know again people on safari and stuff were describing this creature and then the moment they said it looked like a giraffe mixed with a zebra they were like find like it, it, but it was one of the first things really like find this thing and we'll believe you until then it's fake and even back in at the turn of the, uh, the 20th century, apparently their numbers were very low. They're they're a very elusive creature, and they already had a tight population. Uh, but as of now, they they really exist. And as of right now, they're on the endangered list uh, due to rapid pop, uh, population decreasing. Um, and then um, the giant panda. And you're gonna like this one, Michael, because you know how it was proven as it was real. How Theodore Roosevelt killed one. Uh, what was it? A giant panda. Oh, okay. I thought you were thinking there was another one. Oh, wow. Theodore Roosevelt killed the giant panda. I'm not surprised. <laughs> Theodore and Kermit went out and killed one. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, sounds about right. And then 
Um, the last one I have here is the giant squid. My favorite. Yep, Architeuthis ducks. It actually exists. They only recently have they actually gotten like footage of it, and like th- there's been tentacles yeah. washing up all the time, but like recently, like in the past five years, they got footage of one like swimming around a camera. And it's terrifying. Oh, it, it's inc- it's it's terrifying and completely. I was like, oh, I don't know yeah. about it. Never again in the ocean. Got it. I was like, hmm, the ocean is not my friend. <laughs> I was like, I thought I had to worry about sharks, but now this asshole. That is all the time today we have for topic. Um, the next thing on the agenda is a movie described badly. We did not discuss what movie we were to describe badly. So and I, I didn't think... get to talk. No, I didn't get to talk about the Mongolian bloodworm. Um, you did not because they, you... they actually talk about it on uh, the show Destination Truth and it was they actually went to Mongolia. It was really good. You don't try to sneak it in, Michael, because we're I know I'm sneaking it in. No, we're doing this. No, Michael, happened. Michael, shut the fuck up. Okay. <laughs> um, um, no, it, it can shoot like electricity. It's like a taser up. and it, shoot, and it has like an acid thing and it burrows through the ground and like it's supposed to be slightly bioluminescent. Oh, man, it's it's, it's terrifying. It's terrifying. And it grows big enough to eat people. God damn it. <laughs> you got it in there. Um, <laughs> Mike. That's what I, I hear that on the first dates a lot. <laughs> would you describe. <laughs> God damn it. I got it in there. Um, uh, Mike, would you describe Cannibal the Musical for us? Yes. Oh, I don't want to describe it badly. I, that's not fair. It's, Can we it's, pick another movie? It, no, just <laughs> describe it. Yeah, dude. Just okay. describe, you don't have to describe it badly. Just describe it because I'm already in trance. It's it's a it's a ludicrous concept. So it, everyone's gonna think you're describing it badly. Yeah. Well, they, it's a bunch of guys who decide to uh, go out west, and then they get lost in the mountains and kind of go crazy. What happens along the way? Jesus. Oh no! Wasn't there Mormons involved too? No, wait. I might be mixing it up with the 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 uh, Donner Party show. No, 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 because I saw the um oh the thing that was on Broadway that they did uh the Mormon the musical or whatever the Book, of Mormon. The Book, of, Mormon. Book of Mormon yeah 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 so I'm confusing some of that with Cannibal because they're both musicals and the way Cannibal was shot it's still pretty amateur '90s uh so like it feels like you're kind of looking at stage often although it is all shot like on location in the mountains of Colorado um what are the highlights of that the Let's Build a Snowman refrain song is amazing and the end to it was fantastic. And then I think my favorite part of the movie was the uh, at one point they visit a quote unquote Indian village filled with quote unquote Native Americans. And it's just like a bunch of Japanese people. <laughs> and like, <they> what? <laughs> at one point they walk by like a, a class doing karate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's fucking fantastic. Uh, and. Those Native American <laughs> martial arts. They're doing yeah. good. And like you can tell the dude is in on it, so they're supposed to be like Japanese immigrants that have decided to make like they're Native Americans because that's just easier. <laughs> so the how yeah, oh is is excellent. Oh, no. uh, some of their best early writing. Uh <laughs> I, I need to see this. I can't quite remember how it ends. Ah oh, shit. Animalism? Uh, I feel like that happens somewhere in the middle. Oh, and it's all told as a like a in a in a uh, in a back and a back backwards narrative kind of way. So the guy, it's somebody I believe retelling a tale, and then they they cut to you know him being younger and stuff. So I guess I could Did not I ever tell you about well, the time I ate my best friends. I think it might have might have been something almost exactly like that in the dialogue. Yeah. No way. It's <laughs> it's. Yeah, it's early. It's early, early Trey and Matt, but it's 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 good. If you've not seen it, I I highly recommend it. Please do not let my bad explanation stop. No, you this more. makes me want to see it. Yeah, just Gen- for the Indian villages, worth it. Generally, the bad descriptions just make you want to see the movie. Well, anytime we we do one that has Kevin Bacon in it, Brian always finishes off with and Kevin Bacon, and I'm just like, I'll watch it. <laughs> yeah, what Bacon. we what was that movie with Patrick Swayze that we described? Oh, I think. Oh, which one did we do? Roadhouse. No, we didn't do Roadhouse. Was it Flatliners? Yes. No, he's not in that. That's Kevin. No, Bacon. no, but you, we did. We did do Flatliners. And you're like, uh, Kevin Bacon's in it. <laughs> well, we did do one with Patrick Swayze. Which one was it? Did we do Ghost? No. No, we didn't. We never did Ghost. So, listeners, let us know because we don't know our own podcast. Yeah. Um. So, um, what nerdy stuff are we currently into this week? Um, Mike, why don't you go first? 
what um what what do you what do you like what do you want to talk what do you want to what do you want to tell people to check out uh okay do you want to pick me up do do you want to do you want to pick me up do you want to pick me up i got a uh sorry that's just for my i popped into my head when you said that i'm I'm gonna fortunately get serious so um nazis are back and it's a serious problem and to deal with that problem i would like to go around and punch nazis but you're not supposed to do that for a wide variety of reasons uh most of them because you'll be arrested but uh i thought like okay well then maybe i'll give money to charities that can like you know deal with nazis in a legal way uh like the southern poverty law center and black lives matter and then i realized that i have like oh no money so instead uh we made like a uh, an adventure that you can buy and all the money from that goes to uh anti-hatred charities it's called operation nazi smasher you can go to operation nazi smasher.com and buy it as a pdf or a book or as a uh, module on roll 20 so if you play online um, it's all set up with pre-generated characters and 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 uh the book itself also, if you get the print, has the pre-generated characters. So you can like rip them out, and uh, Pathfinder pawns. So you can cut out uh, all the little like figures for the Nazi skeletons and Nazi zombies and and uh, the pre-generated heroes and like the you one guy. A Nazi smasher. Yeah, no, it's it is an awesome thing, and like it was it was really cool that like I, I told people like, okay, hey, I'm doing something about it. Does anybody want to help help me? And uh, a lot of people were like, yeah, I want to help you. And some of those people actually followed through, which was which is fucking great. So, um, yeah, yeah, that came out, uh, on well, about a week ago. And, uh, yeah, if, if you would like to fight Nazis, um, which I feel like every single person should say yes to that, uh, check it out. If you don't want to buy it, that's totally cool, but you could also tell people about it and that would be very excellent as well. And, uh, what else should I mention about it? Oh, Claudio poses. And this is funny because Claudio is not even like Claudio is in Brazil. He lives in Rio de Janeiro. He does a bunch of artwork for, uh, like Lord of the Rings and Star Wars and Dungeons and Dragons, their official line and, and all that stuff. He's a world-class artist. And he did the cover for, for free. Everybody did it for free. Uh, and uh, Oh, if you don't want to play the superhero characters included, and this is a Pathfinder adventure, I should mention. All the rules are Pathfinder. Uh, the rules for making your own superhero in Pathfinder are also in the adventure. So yeah, please help us fight Nazis. Thank you. How, how much is the PDF? Uh, I think the PDF is ten dollars, and then you can get the PDF and book for fifteen. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's uh well, like a hundred pages or ninety nine pages or something like that. It's pretty Holy big. crap! Well, the adventure itself isn't that long, but then you have a whole bunch of NPCs that you kill. I think there are like a dozen different Nazis and that takes up space, and then there are the pre generated characters, and these each uptake like two pages at least, and then all the pawns. The pawns, I think there might be like 30 or 40 pages of pawns. And then the making your own superhero rules, I think, take up maybe 12 pages or so. The question I have, though, is you didn't organize and put this together in that long. Oh, no. Yeah. When Charlottesville happened, uh, I got really, really, really angry. And um, I channeled all that into work. So, no. Nope. Oh, that's fantastic. What a way to make a difference and take your talents and... And change the world. That's freaking amazing, Mike. Yeah, that oh. is really awesome. Proud Go grab you, one and write a review and rate it and and say that it's great and that people should support the cause. Gonna have no, to. I'm definitely gonna do that. <laughs> oh, have to now. Um, for people who are are like Pathfinder folk already, uh, Order of the Ember Die did a playthrough of it. Um, I know that like I got to watch some of it, and I know that they beat like the they they finally completed the module, but I don't know when their full summary thing goes out. I'm I'm still kind of getting familiarized with how Order of the Amber Die works. We had them on a while back. We should <laughs> do that again. They would be good guests. I would again. love to have them back. They're very yeah. cool people. Um, and they were very enthusiastic about helping out, which is which is great. They, they actually did an episode with us in the middle of their marathon. So they they, pa- they took a break and talked to us for a couple of hours. We did oh, a yeah. two-part two super long episode. Yeah, it was actually a really fun episode, too. Um, so Michael, you got any nerdy stuff you're doing or, or anything? My big one right now is, uh, so like my birthday was last month, right? And a friend of mine gave me a $50 gift certificate to Amazon. And I'm gonna tell you right now, spending $50 can get really hard when you have to spend $50. So, but what I did was I went on there and I found two of the omnibuses to the black company. Uh, book series that I really like, and I was able to find. Vol- I have. I bought volume two from Barnes and Noble because that's all they had in stock when I bought it uh, a couple years ago. And so I went on Amazon and I bought volumes one and three, and I just started reading 
and I'm going back and I'm reading volume one right now and then I'm going to reread all of volume two and I'm going to read volume three and then hopefully for Christmas I can get volume four. So I, I'm glad you brought up Black Company because we were talking about this and I don't know if do you are you familiar with Black Company, Mike? I don't think so. Oh, uh, my God. It's series by Glenn so Cook. Cool. Yeah, I'm yeah. looking it up now. It's a um, dark epic fantasy and it's oh. It's being developed into a show starring Eliza Dushku as the main villain. All right, cool. I known will as, probably check out the show. Known as The Lady. Um, for me, um, you know what? I've talked about it before on the show. I just want to promote Binging with Babish. Check out Binging with Babish on YouTube. He's amazing. Andrew Ray is the guy, and he does these great cooking episodes where he makes things from movies and TV and video games and stuff like that. He's made... A lot of classic dishes from different shows. He's also made food from Archer. He nice. made the Eggs Woodhouse. Ooh. Um, yeah. And, and it was like he had to like hit the table while he was eating it because it was so rich. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. He's breaking out in sweats from one bite. Jesus. Yeah, it had butter and hollandaise sauce. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Holy um, but shit. yeah, it's a fantastic YouTube channel. It's really popular right now. It's it's very worth checking out. The other one um, I'd like to promote is First We Feast. It's another food related one. I've been really getting my food on a lot and my nerdy. First We Feast does the Hot Ones talk show where they interview people and have them eat hot, have them try hot wings while they're and they get gradually hotter while they're asking I've, questions. I've always wanted to do to see that one. I've always so, wanted to check that one out, Michael. I mean, I'm sorry, not Michael. This is confusing. Mike, <laughs> um, where do people find your stuff, and how do people contact you? Uh, you can find my stuff through MikeMyler.com, uh, although just searching Mike Myler RPG will give you lots of hits in the Google. Uh, MikeMyler.com has lots of fun stuff. The only series I'm running for my blog right now is the Warhammer 40K D&D 5e hack. So... If you play D&D and you want to get your your folks into Warhammer 40K and the Grimdark Future, there's also a Star Wars hack and a bunch of uh, Marvel characters using Pathfinder, and, and it's lots, lots of fun free stuff over there. Mm, Warhammer. I'm, I'm building my uh, Space Wolves right now. See, I could never get the money for that, so I only got into the RPGs and the books. The, the miniature game, honestly, I... I don't have a ton of money either, but I have a best friend who really wants somebody else to play with him. So he, for my birthday, bought me a Space Wolf Army. Holy fucking shit. Yeah. He's like, will you play this with me? <coughs> like, yeah, sure. I just, I don't know if I can afford the, the game. And he goes, here's an army. Here, here's an, here's uh, some Primaris Marines. Learn how to use those. Buy your own codex. Bought my codex. Great. I'll, now I can just like over, over the years like, try and build these up. He goes, happy birthday. Here's a Space Wolf Army. Put it together. That's awesome, man. I'm I'm real jealous. I wish somebody would give me a space wolf army. Yeah, I'm not. I'm 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 just. I'm gonna go ahead and put it out there. It was it was Hindu Anthony from this podcast. He is a beautiful human being, and we all wish him well. Yeah, yeah Hindu yeah. Anthony, you are a great guy. I just thought I should point that out. Hindu Anthony posted a picture of himself on his Facebook uh, in the hospital on respiration. We have to um, take a little credit for that because he was poisoned by the upside down when we sent him there through our podcast and you know he got all the cancers and now he's suffering for it and yeah we're we're using our extra dimensional portal to find a to find a cure for him um and we hope to find something soon so we can get him back and um that's the half true part of it Um, you would think with all all the universes in the in the string and with the string within the string theory they would have at least one universe that has a cure for omni cancer um for those of you who just want to um, who just want to know the truth, um, he just has really, really bad bronchitis compounded with his asthma, and he's gonna get better. He's under care, and um, yeah. we should have him back soon. He wanted to be on this morning, and he probably could have. He just didn't have a voice, yeah. So he couldn't make it today. I, I forgot. I was gonna make a joke this morning about how I was back, and it's because I took the life force out of him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, how how I'm the evil clone that I, I have to take the life force out of other people so I don't dissolve into a puddle of clone goo. Oh my god, that would have been good, Mike. Um, thank you so much for being here. We love having you as a guest as usual. Yeah, and I was for... fine. I'm glad I was actually able to be on an episode with you finally. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say you are a new face or voice. <laughs> yeah, I. Well, the the truth is, I 
I moved at the end of October. And so all of November has been just like getting my house ready and trying to take care of all kinds of little things that had actually been on hold because of the move. And so like, as of now, like everything's starting to settle out a little bit. So hopefully I won't miss this. I won't miss too many episodes now. And I'll be back for my good long haul. I'm a bad producer. I didn't even, I didn't even realize that you guys hadn't met before. <laughs> it's okay. We fell it's into right. it. I, well, the, I, I listen to the episodes I'm not on because I miss my best friends. And so I've listened to his episodes and he's aww. And as awesome as you are and as much as I want to keep talking about cryptids and all the things that we really enjoy, it's time to go, folks. But I will say, you know, again, Mike, thanks for coming on. It's awesome. You're always welcome back. You can come back anytime. And I really like talking about cryptids. We could probably do a part two on this because there's so many out there and a lot of interesting lore for so many of them. No, dude, in like two months after we have gotten our VR stuff, we should have a VR episode. Oh, I agree. Oh, I yeah. was actually going to suggest for next week we do gadgets and gizmos. We've never done gadgets and gizmos before. Oh, I love me some gadgets and gizmos. I would because, love for that to be next week's. Because I have gadgets and gizmos aplenty. <laughs> I have a utility knife and like I don't think I need or what's it called a multi-tool or utilitool? Multi-tool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's I have one like, that has a hammer on it. <laughs> if anybody missed that, that was a Little Mermaid joke. Oh, I got it. That's why I like. Oh. <laughs> right. Well, you do realize that's what that episode has to be called now. Gadgets and gizmos are plenty. Like, yeah. Let's get Disney's attention and use words from their movies. Ah, they're buying everything else up. Maybe they'll buy us too. <laughs> But yes, so but no, this was the show. I really enjoyed enjoyed today. Uh, we're gonna have another one. I agree with the VR one. We're gonna do gadgets and gizmos. You know, I've been your host, Special Mikey. Along with me was Super Vegan Brian and Mike Miller. We've been your host, and it's been fun. And as always, stay nerdy, stay informed, and stay awesome. Say goodbye, Mike. Brian, come on. Bye.